there's a philosopher, a French philosopher, Jacques Maritain, talked about the Brooklyn Bridge being a beautiful sculpture. And it, it's a thing of beauty. It's, 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 it's art, but that's not really what its purpose is. There can be beauty there, and beauty can be truth. And so even if you take something as kind of pedestrian, and uh, uh, the architecture of the page can be absolutely beautiful, white space type, that is art. It, it gets pretty exciting, and that's where we really learn from the students, because sometimes a student will bring up an issue and will say, wow, well, you know, we never thought about it that way. But I think it takes a faculty member at time sometimes to bridge that gap between you're, you're, you're looking at this painting and it's talking about similarity, let's say. How do you bridge that gap to a poster design? Welcome to another episode of The Designed Podcast. On this episode, we talk with Brian Flynn and David Moyer of the Pennsylvania College of Technology. We talk about the beauty of art and its importance to graphic design, the criticality of digital components in the curriculum, as well as the classroom. We also discuss the importance of learning the foundations of visual literacy and its effectiveness into learning graphic design. We also talk about their recent published book, Visual Literacy, and what is to come, and so much more. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you enjoy this episode of The Designed Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to The Designed Podcast. How are you? Good, good, Peter. Good, Pete. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, it's been a while since uh, we've seen each other. I'm, I, I know that I've had some messages back and forth with Brian, uh, but other than that, our contact's been pretty limited for a few years. So, yeah, it's good to see you guys. Um, can you quickly introduce uh, yourselves and explain um, your positions at uh, your college? Sure. Um, I'll start. I'm Brian Flynn, and I'm the department head uh, of the art and design department at Penn College. And um, I, I teach anywhere from the freshman level classes to the senior portfolio class. Great. Great. Uh, Dave Moyer. I'm an assistant professor in the department. I teach mainly foundations classes, although I've taught type for a good number of years, and I've taught upper level courses as well. Oh, great. That's going to work out later. I got some questions about foundations. That, uh, <laughs> okay. I, I want to get some uh, feedback on that, see, see what you think about those different things. Um, Dave, since, I, since I've got your attention, how did you get into uh, teaching design? Um, can you tell me that, that, tr- that journey for you? Sure. I'll try to make it uh, succinct. Um, <laughs> I have a fine art background, and I'm still really, I mean, I do that, my own work is fine art. I got into graphic design through typography, through my making of uh, fine press and artist books, realizing that collectors were very fussy about type. And I had to learn something about it. I was teaching at a community college, and the graphic designer was asked to leave uh, right before the beginning of the spring semester. So I got a call saying, hey, Dave, how would you like to teach type? (laughs) So I said, sure. Sure. And that's how I got in. And then I went through an associate's degree program at the community college in graphic design. Okay, great. Brian, how about yourself? Yeah, mine wasn't quite like David's. I went to, um, as an undergrad, I went to Columbus College of Art and Design in Columbus, Ohio, and um, graduated with a BFA, uh, went on to um, become a graphic designer for about 10 years. And uh, in about 10 years, I decided that um, that teaching sounded like an interesting, interesting thing to pursue. Um, started sending my resume out, ended up in uh, southwestern Indiana, and okay. um, taught there for about 10 years at a junior college. And then while that was going on, I started working on my MFA. So okay. with the MFA, I moved here, and I've been here for about 20 years now. Oh, fantastic. Where, uh, where did you acquire MFA? Um, Indiana State University. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, I'm pretty familiar with uh, with that area teaching at Purdue for uh, four right. years. So, well, I taught at Vincennes University. Okay, if you've heard of Vincennes University, I'm not sure. It was sure the only exactly. junior college in Indiana. Okay, yeah, and then uh, how long ago then, or how long have you have you been uh, teaching at uh, Penn? Well, I well, we both have been here about twenty years now. Right, we came oh, a semester fantastic. apart. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's I've, got, I've got a semester yeah. seniority over David. There you there go. You go. <laughs> right, and, and you hold it over his head the entire <laughs> way. Thus the, the, thus, the department head position. So here uh, I am. Excellent. Congratulations. Um, 
so eventually I want to talk to you guys about uh, the book that you've just um, gotten published and it's out there. Well, I say just. Am I am I pretty close yeah, to that? Yeah, February. Yeah, just February. Oh, that yeah, that's that's nice and fresh off the presses. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about that, and uh, if, whenever we get a chance, let's see if um, the conversation that we're having reflects back, and if there's some points in the book that you can talk about how you guys have touched on it uh, in the book. Uh, I've had a chance to get a digital um, version of it uh, for uh, instructors, you know, to take a look at. So I've kind of fanned through it briefly, you know, before we've had a chance to have a conversation, but. Uh, as much as you guys can elaborate on that, that would be fantastic. Um, so if I'm, if we can, let's see if we can't just start with that big question that I've been asking. So in the early onset here of the podcast, I've had the prologue episodes. So the prologue episodes are, let's just have some conversations broadly, and then we'll narrow things down when we start in the, in the fall season. So that big overarching question that I've been asking everybody the state of design education. What what do you think? There's, in my opinion, and I don't want to skew your opinion, obviously, there's, um, there's good and bad. You hear a lot of success stories, but you hear a lot of tragedy as well. So, uh, Brian, what do you what do you think on that? Well, you know, I think that um, it's it, with design programs that that we've gotten to know, it's kind of soup to nuts. I think I think sometimes um, programs are getting too involved in the computer too early, and mm-hmm. they think of it as the answer to everything. And I think a lot of that um, is based on what they think the students want, not what they need, but what they really want. Because students coming out of high school. Um, you know, they want to jump on a computer right away. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. here we push them in the first year to try to stay off the computer as much as we can. So we work on a lot of hand skills and a lot of thinking skills during that first year. Okay. So I think that sort of leads into if you start tying your program to technology uh, too closely. I mean, you have to, obviously, but that it, it's it's sort of a black hole, I think. Yeah, I think so as well. I and uh, I'm no different than those students. I tell you that. And, uh, <laughs> so you and, like to get to the computer right away, also? It, well, it's worse because I, you know I graduated high school in 1986, and the first thing that I did over that summer was I visited a couple colleges and I said, "Where's your Macintosh? You know, where's right. the computer? This is the way that graphic design is going to change the world." And um, no, no college had a Macintosh. You know, they're like, why would you even do that? You know, th- that's not what what graphic design is. And I says, no, but it is. That's in. Uh, so I think I was the I might have been that first student, the number one student out of the <laughs> gate that said, where's your computers? Uh, yeah. But you're completely right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we yeah can't... I think that the um, I was just figuring out how many how many Macintoshes we have on, on this floor, the second floor of our building. We have 91 Macintoshes here. Wow. So yeah. that's that's a lot of Macs. But on the other hand, when students come in, we're mm-hmm. telling them stay off the computers right now. Right, right. And I just uh, came across uh, a university in Alaska where they have online courses <clears throat> and their foundation classes are all digital, not just digitally online, but entirely digital based 2D uh, design class. Wow. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. You know, it's a sign of the times. And they had some really good projects, but there's also that lack of the hand skills, the craft, the art, you know, mastering the, the craftsmanships and the, the attention to details and then the thinking as well. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a type of body memory that is a way of internalizing information with your body as well as with your mind. And I know there's been some studies out recently, one I can think of is by Yale that uh, students that take their notes on a laptop remember nothing and do very, very poorly on examinations. Students who handwrite their notes do very well. I mean, they do, they do much better. It's like night and day because in the one, you're actually forming those letters. There's a body memory going on. In the other, you're just pushing a button, and every button's the same, really. It's a button push. Boop. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen There was a short TED Talk. Um, I believe it was by... Susie Brown, I'm not 100% on the name, but she talked about the doodle, 
you know, and, and the importance right. of the doodle. Yeah. yeah. And she the did talk like about in a meeting. That. I was just talking with yeah. students when I was giving a tour to a group of high school students and somebody was talking about doodling while I was talking. And I said, you know, if I'm in a meeting with, let's say, a dean, I sit and doodle all the time. Yet they say you remember more when you're doodling than if you're not doodling. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, you know, um, that's kind of my my note taking is I will I will doodle as well as note take. And it's just a, yeah. So it's different than, you know, hitting the keystrokes on the, right. on the computer. Keystrokes. Oh, I wanted to just throw something in there about the graphic design programs. Sure, yeah. And the soup yeah. to nuts part. Okay. Um, some schools will have like a graphic design one tacked on to a fine arts degree and say, well, you're a graphic designer. I mean, the, the dedication to the discipline really has a big, broad span. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there, we. I mean, we have a not mentioning any colleges by name, but I, well, we know of some that are not too far away from us, where they get this course and they get that course, and then they're expected to go out to compete in the job market. And I don't mm-hmm. know that they're doing that well. Yeah, right. And this is, I think, what David's kind of saying, and not to speak for him, but you know, most, and I think where you are, uh, Pete, is that the graphic design is under a fine art umbrella let's Correct. say. Yeah. And mm-hmm. fine artists kind of has always been traditionally what I'd call the big dog. And then graphic design was just a small part of that. And yeah. um, so a lot of schools, it's, it's like a fine art degree with a few graphic design classes mixed in. And then people are leaving right. saying they're right. a graphic design major. Yeah, that's we're, actually, yeah, go ahead. We're here. And I don't, you, you probably remember, Pete, um, here we don't have that. We're just a graphic design program. We're really a standalone right, right. graphic design program, right. which I didn't think about for years. But since uh, I've been thinking about it, it's, it's really a strength of our program, I think. That, you know, yeah. that we are really, that's what we are. We are a graphic design program. Right, right. And uh, in our program, we do have that we're, we're under the umbrella of art. Uh, we don't have any specific degrees in any particular area. You get a BFA and BA or BFA in studio art, and you have an emphasis area. So when you have your emphasis area, that's where you're concentrating on the volume of your classes. So in our emphasis area in graphic design, we have about anywhere from six to eight classes. I say six to eight because some of the upper level classes, uh, end up being broken down into choices the student makes. Um, we have a uh, directed studies class where um, they can craft that class according to their specific uh, desires for uh, job-related, uh, um, career-related um, endeavors. So that's kind of that's kind of nice. But I will say that we also sometimes do struggle with what you're talking about, about an art program. Some students get some classes in graphic design through that art program, and they want to say they're graphic designers. My colleague um, and I, um, when we teach our graphic design classes, and we have, uh, you know, our, our other faculty that support us in that role, we make sure that everyone understands and every student understands that if you take the BA route, and don't emphasize in graphic design, you cannot just go out there and say, I'm a graphic designer, I can do graphic design. And I, and I think there's a level of, sure, students can do that kind of stuff once they, once they graduate. They can do graphic design work. But to say that you are a skilled, trained graphic designer, ready to leap in the profession and be a, a design thinker, uh, to be, you know, design versed in the different areas of graphic design and the and the discipline that it takes, isn't necessarily there with the same role as if they were to go to a program that is entirely graphic design related, like yours, or to uh, have that focus or that emphasis in graphic design. So, what's the total number of classes then that they'll get through uh, through your program? Yeah, I was afraid you're going to ask me that real quick. <laughs> let me think of it. Um, yeah, well, like we, one, let two, me three, let me just four. interject one. Yeah. Okay, we'll consider graphic yeah. design apart from foundations. Okay, mm-hmm. so Correct. we have the yeah. first foundation year, and then uh, fall semester mm-hmm. they got the they got the what four classes or Pro- five? Probably, I would say probably five graphic design in the fall. And, yeah, and then they yeah. have what two and three in the spring. 
Right. So just just in a sophomore year alone, got about eight. They they no, take yeah. four graphic design classes in the spring. And, so yeah, um, and four in the fall. So my yeah. guess is somewhere somewhere around eighteen to twenty, but don't don't quote me on sure, that. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah that's. To, I'd uh, have to get my, but I should know e- that. Yeah, that's some extensive extensive work. They're getting a lot of practice, right? A lot yes. of practice and a lot of uh, methodology theory uh, to go with it. So that does lead me to one of my other questions in these prologue series that I've been asking is that big question of art and design. Or art versus design. Do you have a question for you? Oh no, I hate these. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, and just I mean, I always think it's great to uh, to make sure that we're talking to the same issue. Yes. Uh, how are you? Def- what do you mean by design? Uh, that's a great question. I'm actually teaching 2D over summer, and uh, we we got into the discussion of what is design because I even I asked that question to the students. What is design? You know, we know what two dimension is, but what is the this thing design? Uh, to me, and what I tell my students is, design is a plan. You devise a plan of usage of elements and principles to visual seeing, visual literacy, and uh, we communicate with that. And then I explain in graphic design that it's that plus. It's a communication of a message to a particular audience using text and imagery that requires an, an action. So, okay. so, yeah. So are you more um, talking about more of a graphic design versus art? Because I see mm. that art and design work obviously together. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm uh, intentionally being ambiguous and tricky at the same time. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Provocative. <laughs> yeah, Very provocative. much so. Yeah. So, so, yes. and, so, and, that, and that's what happens, you know, leaving a little bit of that that out, you know, we are able to talk about that a little bit further. Sure. Right. Um, well, I would I would define design I mean, order versus chaos, mm-hmm. but um, you can't have either art or graphic design without design. Right. Right. Without right. a relationship so, between parts that make up a, a, an understandable whole. Right. You know, whether that's an aesthetic understanding, you know, with a lot of depth and time and viewing, or whether it's a, a quicker, more directed message. Wait, can we separate chaos uh, out of some of the uh, graphic design, design solutions that we see? Um, uh, as we speak, I could say David Carson, and we all three of us <laughs> understand David Carson. Uh, but there's a younger crowd where a lot of our... Um, um, I don't want to call them aging uh, designers or aging creatives, um, have a different feel, you know, a different look. Uh, and they're learning who they are. You know, they're going through our, our right. classes and understanding them. Um, they've seen the grunge look. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's all, in other words, it's got to be a unified whole, no matter <laughs> uh, what it's aesthetic, where it's coming from aesthetically. And uh, interesting, we, we went to a David Carson lecture in New York a number of years ago, took a whole bunch of students, and he's very tight. I mean, oh, he doesn't yeah. look tight. His design is very tight. Right. Uh, very yes, formal. I agree. Very formal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got a different facade to it, but um, he's, yes. he's thinking in a pretty directed way. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of order in that. In that, yeah, what, so what, it's a lot more quickly. sophisticated. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot more sophisticated than people giving credit for. Just looking at it very quickly, yeah, because yeah. it looks like chaos a lot of times. But when you begin uh, breaking down the design, it's a lot more sophisticated than than I think a lot of people will give him credit for. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> tell the story about the poster. Oh, yes. yeah, we had he was going to give a talk here, and I won't go into that, but. Um, <laughs> So we had a group of students doing a poster project to promote his... his Different um, instructor. He's no longer here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, we came up, and it wasn't us. It was a different instructor who was running the poster um, project. And so he sent a couple posters to uh, David Carson. And um, he wrote back a pretty scathing email right. saying how they were horrible. And they were. And they were horrible. <laughs> they were horrible. Yeah. They were, they were, oh, they were chaotic. Right. In other yeah. words... They were taking what they saw and trying to be literal about chaos when yeah, he is yeah. about design. Right. And right. Like I trying said, trying to apply a parody, but not understanding the methodology. 
Yeah. Right. Well, and he he blistered he blistered them pretty good. <laughs> and I think it's part of um, something that we work on quite, pretty hard during the foundation year is getting students to really observe and really to look. And I think when you look at things and you don't look at it um, and give it time, I think that the that's the that's the that's the pitfall of it is to look mm-hmm, and say mm-hmm. this is chaos quickly and not yeah. really sitting and studying it. Right. Correct. There's a um, what we what we refer to as kind of a, a bracketed looking. In other words, so you're trying to separate out the different parts of the uh, uh, information so you can critically reflect on it. So. You know, that will allow you to see through a looser fa- facade, a more expressive facade, you know, when, and try to determine what really is going on there in the design. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I would say that, that our conversation would lead more to art and design. True? Yeah. 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 Not yeah. either or. We can't, yeah. I, I don't see how we can separate them out. And, and, and I completely you, if, agree. If you, yeah. Pardon me? Oh, I say I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. if you look at our book, um, and that's what some people comment about our book, we use a lot of fine art, um, still life painting, that type of imagery. Uh, and, and we do make connections with graphic design, but there's that big connection that you can yeah. make. You can always make that connection between something that's more fine art painting, let's say, or a sculpture and make that connection to a poster mm-hmm. design or yeah. brochure. And then... Um, so how do we run into those situations where we end up in the art versus design? Because it still happens. But I'm not sure why it's happening. Is it happening outside of artists and designers? Or is it internal? Well, I would just say that, um, and not to go too far back into art history, but post-18th you know, century idea of an artist is different than a pre-18th century idea of an artist. And to speak to your question in the way that art has become for the artist is supposed to be very personal. Okay, and mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you know, lots of times yeah. that can be, you know, good or bad. I remember in, in grad school, uh, this is what I learned in grad school. My instructor yeah. said, uh, you want to keep it, keep it personal, meaning not that, you know, you know tell about some uh, event of your life, but that your statement must mean something to you as an artist. So if it means something to you, and hopefully will transcend in that meaning uh, to a broader audience. Okay, so when somebody's coming at their imagery that way, and it's supposed to be, so, you know, the artist is the author of the content rather than mm-hmm. expressing someone else's content, like through illustration Correct. or if you're going to paint a mural or you're going to do something like that. Then, um, you know, you, get a, you can get on pretty sensitive ground. And, um, you know, I think the mediums in art, the different, and I'm not speaking to digital, but I, when I was in grad school, I went to the Maryland Institute two big painting schools. There were two floors of a shoe factory, the Hofburger and Mount Royal School of Painting. And there, in painting, there's no real process, real direct. You know, here's your paint, here's, here's the canvas, whatever, whereas opposed to if you're in sculpture, if you're in printmaking, you're in ceramics, you're in, you have a process, a technical process that kind of buffers that a little bit. And if you wanted to get in trouble real quick, just go over and talk to some of the painters because they could get pretty... They were a little touchy, yeah, yeah. you know, because it, it was it's right it's right there, yeah. And, and with yeah. the graphic, I mean, that's so completely different from graphic design, and it's easy for the artist to say, you know, look at those prostitutes, right? Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what going to an art school. I ran into the same thing, and it was more in the school than I think than it is out in the public. I think in the school, yeah. like a university yeah. or art school. I think there is that heavy, heavy split between the fine art majors and the graphic design majors. Right. And you I know, would add, and it, uh, uh, go ahead, Brian. Well, it's all about expression. Yeah. You know, what, you know, the, the, the idea that as a graphic designer, and I think graphic designers express themselves. Yes. But not to the degree a fine art uh, a painter would, let's say. Right. And, and I would add to, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about how you think it's more in an art school um, uh, setting. Um, I would kind of add a little bit more to that and say I, I don't think that the the our communities are are you know the people out in the public. I don't think they 
understand art in design. Right. But, you know, I don't think they that that even exist in in their eyes. It's like, well, you're you're a designer, you're creating an ad or a, or a campaign or a logo. You know, there's no art there. Uh, so I think there's a misconception in their eyes in that manner. Um, there is those those right. Those I mean, it's a degree of expression. I would I would just rephrase what you just said ever so slightly, saying yeah. that there can be beauty there, and beauty can be truth. And so, even if you take something as kind of pedestrian <clears throat> as a uh, you have a catalog, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the architecture of the page can be absolutely beautiful, white Correct. space type. Yeah. And that, that is art. That's the same way um, there's a philosopher, a French philosopher, Jacques Maritain, talked about the Brooklyn Bridge being mm-hmm. a beautiful sculpture. And it, it's a thing of beauty. It's, 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 it's art, but that's not really what its purpose is. Correct, yeah. Yeah, the purpose, right. is, the purpose is different between art and design, which is sure. where, and, where we uh, get that. You mentioned about design in the education, and this is coming from the fine art end. Mm-hmm. One thing that fine artists do not realize is the specific skill set that is required to be a graphic designer. You know, both use some of the same tools, but it's, mm-hmm. a, com- it's a completely different animal. And so to be a graphic designer, you need to really have the graphic design skill set. Right, right. Uh, David, that's a perfect uh, statement because it's a great segue to ask this uh, for you. Okay, uh, a little context first. Our world is changing, right? There's more uh, mobile devices, you know, everywhere we go. They're they're with us twenty four seven, I think. Um, so, graphic design is is changing in that aspect as well. We're creating more for digital more for screen uh, it seems than than print um i would love to get some research papers on that to see you know exactly the the volume of content uh nonetheless as we work in our design programs there's what, what i call the thin line where it's graphic design but then it's is it designed for web is it publication is it advertising is it branding is it product design is it packaging design so even though we have this thin thing that is called graphic design, I see a lot of programs really kind of niching themselves into these into these towers, um, and it's very hard to do this flat line. We, you know, we have our foundation level; we can get that stuff in there, but um, I, I think it's becoming uh, a concern for me, perhaps. Uh, but print versus digital, um, the skills, the foundation, the, the, the methodology, the process doesn't change. I think that the, the, well, the processes will change because of the device. So how we execute through the processes, but I think our creative processes is the same. So David, what do you think on that? You know, the, the print versus digital, how are you guys managing? uh, Well, just, um, I'll mention uh, viewing time, okay, mm-hmm. and viewing concentration. Um, and one of the differences we talk about graphic design versus fine art is intended viewing time. And graphic design has to be very specific and has to offload the information very quickly because it doesn't have the luxury of repeated viewings often mm-hmm. or an extended concentrated viewing time. So if you're talking the difference between print because you're not looking into a light source, you're looking at uh, light reflecting off of a surface versus looking into the, the deer looking into the headlights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so the quality of that viewing time is quite different. I mean, you're really going to process less when you look into the headlights, to use that mm-hmm. analogy, than you are when you uh, look at a reflected surface. So you have to be... I would say more directly into the point, maybe uh, you know, maybe not even as narrative, because you you need to make an impression very quickly, and mm-hmm. people are going to be flipping on. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that um, you know your analogy with deer and headlights? Do you think what about visual noise? Yep, yeah, right. So we talk about visual noise in print, uh, but if you look at stuff that's designed for screen. I think it has become a little bit more clear, more clean, perhaps. But um, there's so much visual noise. And now we're getting into, you know, parallaxing and buttons that are 
doing weird things and changing gradient colors and 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 all kinds of different things. Uh, are you, uh, how are you? So how are you guys embracing this this print to digital? Well, yeah, we because um, we don't believe print's dead for one. Right. So I know print's it's taken a big hit, but yeah. print's still out there. I agree. Yeah. And and then the idea that the basics, um, the design basics that you're dealing with when you're doing something in print, uh, it does carry over to the to what you're doing for the screen. Now, the change David and I were talking before we came on was that the, the, the real change now is this responsive design that mm-hmm. as you see it on the screen, the computer screen, it, and then you pull it up on your phone, it's responding to your phone now and it changes. It changes yeah. the format from right. horizontal to vertical. So that, that's a big challenge, I think, for designers. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they even... Um... You know, they consider the task orientation versus information. So, I, it, I've I've looked into some some different research and some different uh, data that says anything that's on a laptop or a desktop type of thing is you are going to get information. You're you're looking to find out something to satisfy that desire. Where like an iPad or a tablet or your mobile device, people are more task oriented. They're going to use that to get something done as opposed to looking for information uh, more so than looking for information. Um, so it, it is interesting to think about how the, the activity of the user uh, changes in that uh, as well. One of the things I, you know, to speak to this a little bit, not maybe as directly as you as you might want, but um, <laughs> we have a uh, we have a, a what is it is that a LinkedIn page for our alumni or is that a Facebook we Facebook have a, page? Oh, sure. a lot, lot of students, lot of students on the page, and and if we open it up now and we start looking at what you know Joey Smith or Sally Jones is doing. They're working in fields that we didn't know what they were. Oh yeah, when yeah. they were in school, right? And they're right. everybody's doing just fine. So there's, I mean, there's a type of learning. There's a type of learning that uh, they'll get at a college or a university mm-hmm. that they're going to spend a lot of money for, that is going to be very valuable. And then there's a different type of learning uh, based on technical fluidity. Okay, and yeah. I mean, go. Have you been on Udemy? I mean, twenty nine dollars a month, and you can learn whatever, ever, whatever software you want, and you'll have yeah. a mentor, and you have other students, and you get a little badge when you're done, and that's 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 the treadmill that's gonna that's keeping on. You know, it's just gotten the mill's turning faster, yeah, the yeah. wheels turning just a little faster. So, I think as educators, we have to decide, you know, where we fit in that scheme. Mm-hmm. And so okay. yeah. we're really not teaching to the wheel, to use that yeah. analogy. We're teaching yeah. those um, those kind of transcendent skills that will it will work with all the different applications. Right. So yeah. students that can adapt. Right. That's the big thing because yeah. um, what David's talking about. Students that graduated when we first came here twenty years ago. They're doing, you know, um, web design. We didn't have web design back then, right? Right. But, but they adapted to it when it came when it came up when it when it when it uh, presented themselves to to them. So I think that's the key is is really training people to adapt because technology is going to keep changing, right? Right. And um, and what it's going to change to, I have no. I wish I knew. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Right. And and sometimes it would probably scare me if I thought about it too much. Yeah. I agree. But, um, you know that's a that's a great statement because um, I this morning I too was on LinkedIn and uh, um, had a, a pop up about one of uh, the students that I taught who's graduated and and what uh, she just got a new role a new job I don't know if it was at the same uh, same place of employment or not but if if I can try my best to remember the title something like a, a digital data information marketing <laughs> management <laughs> visualization kind of you know so yeah that that that's it exactly um, their skills their visual understanding of skills and their visual communication will translate into these other technologies and these other information right. yeah. which brings us back to design right yeah. that's what I was going to say yeah. yeah I mean if yeah. they can design 
doesn't matter what gadget gizmo or software they're using right mm-hmm. because they can design they can see how the parts will go together so right. how are, well. yeah how are we dealing with it we focus heavily, heavily on design. Yeah, Getting back yeah. to right. sort of boil it down. We sure. focus on design and, and creating strong designers. Mm-hmm. And then we also teach the programs. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, like I said, the programs will change. I was trying to make a list of programs that have come and gone. Oh, goodness. Uh, I yeah. know Muse is fairly recently that Adobe got rid of. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, I used to work in Freehand, which I love that oh, program. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, Adobe got rid of that. Yeah. So. And when we teach the, pro- the software, we don't really teach the software. Correct. We give right. design problems and here's your toolbox. And so you're trying to solve the problem first, and this is how you do it with the computer second. Yeah, thank you so, so much for saying that. Uh, I struggle in graphic design one. I don't struggle, I guess. I guess the students struggle. Um, but I think 80 to 90% of the students that walk into an intro to graphic design class or um, whatever title you want to give to that class, digital imaging or whatever it might be, where you are introducing the tools in the toolbox, um, so in intro graphic design, I, I'm trying to talk to them about, you know, process. I'm trying to talk to them about, um, uh, seeing versus, you know, looking at something, um, understanding, breaking it down using what they've learned in their foundation classes. Uh, but there's, you know, Tommy in the back, when are you going to teach us how to use illustrator? <laughs> and I'm like, well, right. we'll go to the computer and we'll turn it on and I'll show you where the tools are. And then I'll show you the other boxes on the other side that kind of give you the breakdown of what happens when you use a tool. I said, but I'm not going to show you how to use it. And even if I show you how to use it, all I'm doing is creating a carbon copy of myself and how I use it. It's endless. The tool is endless how you how you use it. And your aesthetic and your style is what's going to come out of you exploring and learning on your own. Right. Anybody, right. Yeah. yeah, anybody can learn a program. Right. Yeah. But not everybody can come up with uh, a really nice, beautiful design, let's say, or a logo. The tool is the verb. Yes. The what is the noun. Yeah. Um, This is is great then to ask about foundations. Um, So the the question that I've been asking a lot of uh, guests on the show is, um, what do you see as the most valuable thing with foundations? What would you change in foundations as this, you know, world of design changes, as students are being asked to do? So let's skip back, right? 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, graphic designers had to figure out how to use all this software and had to use the computer so that it was deliverable to the vendors and the vendors could do their gig and all that other stuff. And then the web came along and then we had to, you know, oh, sure, I'm a graphic designer, but I also can write HTML and CSS and make you a pretty looking website using my design skills. Um, That's even changed because now that's gone back more to the developer where designers are more creating the look and the feel. And then someone else does the, the, the actual, you know, nuts and bolts of developing to make it look that way. And now I even see more of, well, do you know video? Do you know audio? Do you know, you know, what do you know about social media? What do you know about marketing skills? Uh, so the graphic designer is now even even uh, stretched out more broadly. That's my fine line kind of explanation. You know, do you know animation? Right. And it, yeah. So Yeah, before we get into what we do here, uh, and I think that is a, that I think that's really the problem. You ask what's what is a problem in design education today, in my opinion? When I went to school, and this was, of course, 100 years ago, um, we didn't have to learn the computer. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have, oh, they didn't have a computer, uh, you know, that was 40 years ago, 40 something years ago. So, um, so what did we learn? We learned more design, we learned more about color. We took more of those classes, and as, as the computers come in, what's happened is we had to begin as, as um, educators taking certain things out to fit the computer in. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality. That's the reality yeah, of that. Definitely. Unfortunately. So I tell I tell my students, I said, I learned more about design. I learned about more about color. I learned more about typography. Now here we teach typography. It, it, we're very, very strong in typography. But I think that's been the struggle in design. 
is mm-hmm. that um, you, you, all of a sudden you had this new tool, and it's not like a pencil. It's a pretty complicated tool. Right. So you've got to give it time. You've got to give it some time in your curriculum to, for students to figure that out. Right, right. Um, so even talking about then, we I mentioned earlier about that 2D class that was all online, and it was all digital-oriented. So foundations, how are... We, we made a big change in foundations. Okay. Okay. And now uh, we always had a strong foundations program, we felt, at least for the last 20 years. Sure. Okay. Since, since really we've been here, <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it really has yeah. gotten strong. Before it's, that, right. you know, it, it's it was very good. No, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, we ask a lot. If you don't ask a lot, <laughs> if you don't ask for much, you don't get much. Right, right. We ask a lot of our students. And... In the process of asking a lot, we were regularly losing 50 to 60 to 65 percent of the first semester freshmen. Yeah, now this oh, would wow. be by about yeah. midterm in the first semester. We would right. we would have half the class would be gone. Right. Half and this the, went on for 15, 15 years since years. we've been here. Yeah. Okay. So um, it was – I don't remember how it came up, but uh, the idea came up that maybe – uh, we could teach a, a, a pre-design class, okay, to kind of familiarize the students. Two-dimensional design. To, yeah. Uh, a class that they would take as first semester freshmen. Okay. Uh, visual literacy. Okay. So um, uh, Brian and myself embarked on this, and the class uh, deals, uh, we teach them design theory, but we don't teach them how to use it. Okay. In other words, we thought that the problem students were having is they're sitting in here and they're learning all this design theory and 2D design, and then they're trying to do it, and it was just uh, too much for a lot of them. So the visual literacy course is just, how do I read a picture? Hmm, I understand the nuts and bolts visually, formally, of how it goes together, and then how content works with those nuts and bolts to express a message. And they do this process by through a, a, a critical reflection. They write analysis, and we take them through the different steps of the design theory. And with each step of the design theory, they're looking at. Usually, we start off with um, uh, still lifes deliberately because we want something as realistic as possible. Old masters, because they've got great design, they worked with all the kind of classical design ideas, and so. They analyze these things part by part. We've had some unintended co- consequences that have been very good. Hmm. Students actually develop what we call an abstracting, an abstracting vision. Okay. In other words, they see images for their form and how the form goes together rather than, oh, yeah, that's a glass and that's an apple and that's, oh, uh, sure. here's a microphone. They okay. see them for their constituent formal parts. And so um, and then they learned how to and, – and we have – debates in class. In other words, it's like being a lawyer, and you have to present your case for whatever conclusion about the, ana- the written analysis that you're, you're working with. So uh, we start off with form, and then we move into a bracketed consideration of content that we break down to either narrative, uh, formal, or symbolic, and usually well. a combination of all three, determining which is those uh, the most important things. And what we found is uh, uh, we have now we maybe lose 10% of our 2D students. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what yeah. we did was we moved the 2D class into the spring. So they take visual literacy first because it's what, what David's talking about is that idea of learning the theory and applying it at the same time we felt was the problem. Mm. Okay. So when, okay. We took, yeah. when we separated those two, in the, in the first semester, they're just learning theory. Second semester now, they're applying that theory. Mm, and what okay. we found now in two-dimensional design, one, it's much easier to teach. Um, retention levels, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I think we've got one of the highest retention levels on campus right now. So it's somewhere wow. between, officially, I think, 84%. That's fantastic. And, yeah. um, and the work got much better. Yeah, that was much, my question. Much, much better. Yeah. And, they, yeah. they taught, and the critiques... Um, you know, it's not like a, a trip to the dentist's office. Well, Sally, what do you think? Right. Quite, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. They, they talk. In fact, um, I will kind of like step out. I, I'll say, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is an approach. Well, yeah. I say, have, it, have a conversation. Yeah. And I'll step out of the room and I'll kind of hang by and maybe I'll drift back in. Yeah. 
and observe their, um, their conversation about what's going on. And then I'll step up to the plate and I'll say, whoever's works has been critiqued, I said, okay, what did they tell you? And that person has to recite to me what the criticisms were. And I'll look to the class, did he, you know, did he forget anything? Did he forget mm -hmm. anything? No. Yeah. And then I will, I will give my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. And in a good semester, I won't have to say much because I pretty much agree with a, a lot of what I've heard. Yeah. But yeah. we've also found um, that right now, I, I think the work, even in the upper level classes, has gotten much better here. And we're, we're trying to figure out how to, how to really uh, quantify this. But is it because of the visual literacy class that mm -hmm. is happening? Or did we get lucky and get a bunch of good students? Right, right, right. But it's our senior level class that just graduated was the best senior class or one of the best since I've been here in 20 years. The junior class right now, I think it's better than the seniors. And the sophomore class, I think it's better than the juniors. Oh, wow. So, but we're, yeah. I think what we're figuring out is... When you separate those classes into here's design theory, here's application, you can focus stronger on design theory up front. Okay. Okay. And then, and so they get more, yeah. basically. Right. They get more from the design theory part, and then it's showing up in the later classes. Also, it has to do with context, uh, because we're, our 2D design class is very, uh, you familiar with Wuxia's? Wuxia's Wong. Wong. <laughs> very, very, you know, we're, we're, we're into the pure forms, you know, very yeah. abstract. And that's how I run my 2D as well. I'm like, okay. degree well, of non representation. Non yeah. There you yeah. go. But the students tend to um, box in the information and not carrying it, don't, they don't carry it up through the curriculum. One of the unintended consequences right. we found with visual literacy is they're carrying the information along. Where okay. that they didn't yeah. do that before. Yeah, we, we have the same. Well, you know what? I think everywhere that I've taught has had a lot of those same things. Because even in intro to yeah. graphic design, um, a, a quick example, I take a project, they have to find a picture of something, and then we break it down and we do it in graphite, a value study. And then the graphite gets broken into a high contrast. Okay, if we have to take value range out and it's just black and white, how do you create the same image? And then we break it down to the last to a geometrical, you know, basic, whatever basic shapes, right? Circle, square, triangle. How do you use basic form to still represent this thing that you're seeing? And I always go back, it's like, okay, did everyone forget what they learned in 2D design? And everyone, and, you know, I bring up terms and vocabulary from 2D and they're like, what? What, what are you talking about? And I'm like, <laughs> I know that you guys have learned this. Right, right? Sure. I, I know I that. I it's like, it where you. did it go? Yeah, where, where is it? So you're 100% right. I see that so, so often. Yeah. And yeah. one of the other things we've done, we've adapted from the visual literacy class, is we have, um, there's a component. So mm -hmm. when I, in any design class I'm teaching, I'll say, all right, here's your project, and I will give them an analysis sheet. And so before the critique, they have to write up a reflective analysis of what they've done. Then that drives a critique. Mm -hmm. And then we're doing this in classes up through the curriculum. Oh, that's so fantastic, that helps, yeah. Also so helps separate from the project sheet, right. Great. there's also yeah. an analysis sheet that sort of guides them through step-by-step on how really to talk about their work. See, and they're oh, used to doing great. it because they've yeah. done many, many analyses in their very first class. Uh, maybe they've done 12 analyses um, on in their visual literacy class. Mm -hmm. So the, the process of analyzing and reflecting is, that's a habit now. Yeah, that makes, that makes great sense because then once they understand it, then it's easier to design it, you know. Sure. Right. They're, they're right. applying all that. And, um, and uh, I like that actual analysis sheet because in uh, my classes, I have them do a critique and they have to use the the formal descriptions of what they've done, you know, uh, why they used, used line to create motion and conflict and convergence and whatever it might be. Um, and, and they're doing it, but I think maybe if they have a sheet that they can use ahead of time would be would be helpful sure so and we let them yeah we let them early on i tell them bring the sheet up with you make notes oh, yeah, on it definitely. and bring the sheet with you and you can yeah. read right from the sheet right now when they get to be seniors then um <laughs> right. you know they're a little different but um one a couple things we did here that's really helped us was that um if David's teaching visual literacy and I'm teaching visual literacy, we teach exactly the same class. That's great. So that's we, really hard to get that collaboration. So that's really sure. great. In fact, yeah. our whole uh, foundations program is like that. 
That's everybody, perfect. Yeah. Drawing, 2D, 3D, color, everybody does exactly the same thing What no matter mm, who teaches That's it. fabulous. So, yeah. Yeah. So if I'm teaching a portfolio class, senior level portfolio class, I, I know exactly um, what they got in their foundation right. year. Exactly, yeah. And I, I, then I can refer back to it. I can tell them, hey, do you remember in visual literacy where we talked about this? And it sort of refreshes their memory. Because a lot of times it's, it's not that they've lost it, but they've packed it away somewhere mm-hmm. that you got to kind of give a little kick, a little prod yeah. um, to bring it back for them. So the, so the book then, is that something that um, – that anyone can use? Is it designed to be for the classroom experience or is it something that, um, you know, anyone can, can thumb through? Let's talk about the anyone, book a little bit then. Okay. The book is sure. it's actually two books in one. The part one is a, uh, really a two-dimensional design textbook. Okay. Part okay. two is the application of design theory through observation. Okay. So it, it, it takes you step-by-step step through the analysis process. There are uh, 11 steps in the analysis and there's even a, like a there's a digital instructor's manual and scheduling of you know what to do. But yeah, anybody Great. can use it. What's yeah? Here's here's what I'd say though, because um, I was thinking about this this morning. Could anybody use it? Yeah, anybody can pick it up, and and I think you could really learn from it. But I think a um, a faculty member in some of the criticism we've gotten a little bit is how how to make that connection with graphic design and we have gra- some graphic design examples in the book mm-hmm. but i think it takes a faculty member at time sometimes to bridge that gap mm, between sure. you're 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 looking at this painting and it's talking about similarity let's say how do you bridge that gap to a poster design okay. and so yeah. when i'm teaching the class um, I, you know, I have a PowerPoint, right, that I'm, yeah. that I'm working from slides. And I will find posters or logos. And, and then I'll say, we're talking about this, but here's how it works in graphic design. So they make that connection. It's perfect. Because yeah. one thing we learned in 2D, working very abstractly, is that the, trying to make that leap from, from two-dimensional design to graphic design, right? You know, yeah. how does it relate? How yeah. you know? So it seemed like they were saying, "Well, two-dimensional design, I did well in two-dimensional design, but I don't understand hmm. how how does that relate to a brochure?" Yeah, yeah. So, well, maybe uh, and a... I think that I think a, a a faculty member, someone teaching the class, can help make that connection. I think I think that's the big and and sort of helping guide them through it. Okay. So I think you yeah. would learn it better and i think david and i it's it's interesting every time we teach the class which has been what about five years yeah we learn every time we teach the class also yeah. which is pretty exciting yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always um, something new because yeah. it's, it's a two and a half hour and people groan when i say this it's a two and a half hour lecture twice a week and uh, so what what we learn through that lecturing mm-hmm. it's just not us standing there lecturing no, obviously yeah. and, right but, right what we'll do, and there's like Brian was saying, uh, there's kind of a set piece, and they read the text, and there's some vocabulary we go over and vocabulary quizzes, and then there's kind of an improv. Okay. So where we're taking the design consideration, and I'm just I'm on my stand, and I'm looking for, oh yeah, how about this? How about this? How about this? And I throw it out there and say, okay, what can you do with this? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So like focal points, you's, you know, it always gets, or balance is another big one, right. but like focal points, you yeah. put an image up and you say, okay, what's the dominant focal point here? And then the debate begins. One student will say, I see the focal point as being the apple. And I'll say, okay, explain why right. is it the apple? Yeah. yeah. Give me reasons. And then another one will say, I don't see it as the apple. I see it as the lemon. So then I say, okay, make your case. Like David said earlier, like a like like a court. Mm-hmm. You're a lawyer. Two lawyers make your case based on what we've talked about or you've read about. Right. Right. So and this is really it's an opportunity. What I tell the students is an opportunity to uh, for them to show me what they understand. Yes. About yeah. what they're yeah. about what they're learning, and also you know some of these are a little bit. There are issues of perception, you know, so uh, let's say somebody is not maybe quite as sensitive to perceiving color as someone else. Mm-hmm. All right, right. So, you know, it's not about the right answer so much as it is about understanding the visual phenomenon. No. no. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 So two people may have completely different, uh, different opinions, yeah. let's say, based yeah. on what they've learned. 
and you, both of them can be correct. Yeah, that's very true. Right. Yeah, we have that yeah. conversation a lot uh, in my classes as well. Uh, yeah, which is kind of exciting. The, the reason I like teaching, although sometimes two and a half hours is a long time to, to lecture, but it, it gets pretty exciting. And that's where we really learn from the students because sometimes a student will bring up an issue and will say, wow, well, you know, we never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the exciting thing. I think every semester we teach it, we go, how do you know this student said this? And we say, well, we never thought about it yeah, that way. It's pretty right. smart. That's the beauty of teaching. You know, that goes back to uh, that first question, you know, when I asked you guys how you got into teaching. And that's what did it for me. You know, I had that that first moment where I was, a you know, professional full-time designer. And I, I was asked to take a few students for a, for a trip down journey lane in graphic design. Uh, but man, you see the you see the wow on their face. You see their interest. And then when you start learning from them as well, it's just, it's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I really like the, the, the structure of the book. I can really see how that could be even a compliment to someone who doesn't have a visual literacy class where they just have a 2D class um, where they can have readings uh, from that book uh, if they needed to, for sure. We do use it in our 2D as our that's our text for 2D as well. Okay, so you're using it in both yeah. in both sections. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, we're using it in both, that's which is good for the students because they only have to buy one book for yeah. both classes. Yeah. But we we did get a, a question from a professor at another at a university that said, you know, we don't have the room to fit this in. What do we mm-hmm. do? Well, in our opinions, uh, it's fit you should fit it in because for us it's become so important it's like what is the hierarchy of the classes that 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 you're teaching and Mm -hmm. where do they fit is visual literacy more important than another class for us right now visual visual literacy has become very very important in our program so to say well where do you fit it in well we we just i said well sometimes you bite the bullet and you have to take something out to fit it in in fact when we first offered the class it was not a prerequisite for anything. And then we found that students who are taking 2D design who hadn't had vis- visual literacy were dropping out. They said, we don't know what these students know. We can't mm. compete. We're dro- so then we went back and made it a prereq. Awesome. Yeah. So what's the full title of the book? It's, Go ahead. Okay. It's called The uh, Visual Literacy Workbook for uh, Graphic Designers and Artists. Perfect. And where can they... Yeah, do you have a copy? We'll even <laughs> for, David's getting it. Yep, yep. We'll even hold that up for our video uh, video watchers. Uh, there we go. And where can where can where can we find the book? We can get at Amazon. Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, online there's quite online, a few. Uh, I know Target has it. Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Oxford Univers- University Press website. Uh, right. It's it's uh, I mean, published through Oxford University, correct? University yeah. Press. Right. 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 Um, and oh, we also have. You want to tell them about the uh, about a. Uh, website oh yeah yeah oh, sure so we started a, a facebook page um now i know I, like facebook pages are funny for me now <laughs> i give a lot of tours to high school yeah. students and so when i'm talking about we run a departmental facebook page and when i talk about oh here and i put a i, I i've been running a thing called alumni spotlight and finding people who graduated 15 years ago and mm-hmm. then talking about what they're doing today yeah um the the students the high school students they they glaze over facebook they don't use facebook no, anymore no, so no no but but so because yeah i'm more comfortable with facebook so we started a facebook page both for the book and then we also started a visual literacy um group right um, a group page great. so i think uh, that'd be great for faculty for discussion of ideas yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be yeah. great for faculty to use uh, for sure. So people can uh, talk back and forth about the way that they're applying it and using it in the classes. Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna so, follow that for sure. Yeah, so we've been um, we've been posting projects that we run. So we'll post a project and get comments, and then we post a PDF of the assignment. So if somebody wanted to use it somewhere or adapt it to what they're doing, oh, that's fantastic. Um, so these are things that have been working for us. Okay. Yeah, that's great that you guys are uh, sharing that much uh, for everyone as well. I think I think that's uh, commendable and and awesome, you know, because I know that I'll uh, I'll be watching I'll be watching that stuff as well. What's What's next then? Is, <laughs> is there a part three, Brian? Maybe that's uh, what it is. Part three becomes the correlation to actual graphic design uh, stuff. I don't know. Oh, I don't part know. three of the book. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Th- w- what, what's we, next? We, we, we've talked about a 2D book, mm-hmm. but um, that hasn't come around yet. But um, you, you, you're going to bring up the next, the next project. Actually, we're, we're um, uh, writing sample chapters for a, uh, for a uh, foundations type typography book. Oh, that's interesting. I, I know that you guys know that uh, type's one of my passions. So a foundation yeah. to typography. Yeah, foundation to typography. It was our publisher's idea. <laughs> you know, typography, yeah. you say interesting. I wonder, typography sometimes seems dry, I think, a lot of times. Uh, yeah, but, to some um, people. I, I know my students yeah, kind of look yes, at me like, yeah. you're crazy. You're absolutely yeah. crazy. And I'm a, yes, yes, I am. I, I dream typography, so, you know, get used to it. Well, I think to be a graphic designer, I tell I tell my students, I say to be a graphic a good graphic designer, I think, you really have to love typography. Oh, very much so. And yeah. I and, and I think that um, I think that's kind of gone to the wayside a little bit. Mm-hmm. One yes. is when I was a graphic designer, we had typesetters mm-hmm. that that's all they did. They just set the type yeah. for you. And so you, you don't really have that anymore. The student has to be the typesetter now yeah. or the graphic designers the typesetters. And so I think that type is, 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 is in kind of a funny place right now. It is, we were talking yeah. before we came on of all the downloadable type. Oh, um, yeah. And how is that affecting now graphic design? And I know when I was a graphic designer, I remember the, the guy who ran the studio said he could work with Helvetica for the rest of his life and, and never really truly explore everything that Helvetica could do. I, I could but understand that. But if you that. told a student that, even if you told him, 10, 10 fonts, you're limited to 10 fonts, it would drive oh, them absolutely crazy. It would. Yeah, yeah, they need to have just this endless ability to and grab they, whatever they need. I mean, the key is, I mean, they a lot of students aren't in the position to discern a good typeface from a bad. You have to right. uh, know what good is, yeah. you know, yeah. before. <laughs> well, so, I, I even explain it as, you know, typography is nothing but, you know, elementary 2d design you have line that creates exactly. shape yeah. exactly yep and the shape yep. can create texture and value and once you start adding color to it then we have a whole nother experience and it's well proportion yeah, and similarity mm-hmm, and all right. of those it's things proximity i tell you there's um now i don't mind this typeface i think it's a good typeface and i'm actually using it in all my visuals for the podcast uh the bebus i think that's how you pronounce it uh but it's a very condensed typeface um, so it's got beautiful height to it. It's only capitals uh, or capitalist Montemelis. Um, but uh, it, its spacing is really problematic, but yet I'm using it. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, even to get space in between words, I've got to hit the space bar uh, three times to get what I feel is comfortable spacing. Um, so the proximity of the, of the form is just, um, you know, in my opinion... Uh, difficult, you know. I'll, I'll actually have to open up the tracking and and what have you. But yeah, so a foundation I, book in typography yeah. would be. Well, I tell you what, if Brian's not interested, David, I'll do, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll join you on that. That'd be fun. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's where in the in fact we were talking about that this morning before the show. Uh, the goal is to get some sample chapters by the end of the summer. That's fantastic. Congratulations on that, you guys. Hope I hope. I hope to see something like that come to fruition. So, well, you know, that has to go out to the reviewers. <laughs> oh yeah, it has to go out to the reviewers. Well, let me review it, and I'll just say that's perfect. Go for yeah, it. There yeah, there we go. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe maybe you'll be a reviewer yeah. for us. So, yeah, we'll keep we'll keep you in mind. Awesome. Well, uh, I've had a great conversation. Um, if people want to find out more, they can go to the Facebook page and, and find it there. Visual literacy, uh, the Facebook group. Uh, anywhere else that you guys are sharing information, can they find we, you guys uh, online? There's an organization called Fate. Oh yes, which stands. Yeah. Yeah, are you familiar with this? Are you familiar with them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we we post on uh, their group page too. Okay. Where where can uh, listeners find that? Well, I think uh, they have a Facebook page. Okay. Okay. And that's how that's how we interact okay. with. Uh, we went to their most recent conference. Yes, yeah. Some of uh, our faculty was, was there as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I I think I sent our email address. Yep. Pete, Pete didn't. Yeah. I'll I, have that. They, people can email us questions Great. if they would like. Great. I'll share that in yeah. the uh, in the transcripts and in the uh, the footnotes uh, for the podcast as well. Super. 
Well, congratulations once again. Um, the book is fantastic. Um, I want to get an actual print one in my hand and not the digital <laughs> view. I just need the print. Uh, it's just uh, I print versus digital, right? Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. They, it's it's more fun to fill up your bookshelf anyhow that way. Sure. Um, yeah. I had a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as well. I appreciate yeah, you spending much, time yeah, with me. Uh, our rainstorms here have passed, so that's that's also a good thing, and uh, ready for the sun to break out today. Right. Yeah, well, congratulations on the podcast. Yeah, I think thank you. I, I've been listening to all... I, I think they're really great. Oh, thank you so I, much. I've really enjoyed appreciate it, that. and I've actually learned quite a bit from from all your guests. So oh, that's I, think, I think you do a really good job. I, I, I agree. It. I've watched them all. Fantastic. That, that means a lot to me, because you always wonder when you start an endeavor, it's like... Is this effective? You know, am, am, I, am I doing something worthy here? So I appreciate yeah, that. I appreciate that. Well, un yeah. until the next time, let's uh, let's try to keep in touch a little bit more. I don't get up to the Northeast as much as I used to. Um, it's a little bit farther to travel now that I'm in the uh, uh, further Midwest to the South area. So, but uh, if I get up that way, swinging through town, I'll be sure to uh, stop by. Yeah, stop by. I'll do that. Yeah, stop great, by. David Bryan. Thank you great, so much. Great talking to you again, yeah. Pete. Yeah, good I, talk. I enjoyed it. Just like the last yeah. time that we've chatted, it's always been an enjoyable moment. I appreciate it. Great. All right. Great. Until the next time, and we'll uh, ha have you guys back on the podcast again uh, later on. We'll see if we can have another conversation about uh, some updated information. Okay, great. great. Thanks All so right, much. Great. All right. Hey, thanks, Pete. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode. The Designed Podcast website is located at thedesignedpodcast.com. There you can find notes on the episode, links to our guests, links to resources, and more regarding the many things discussed during each show. If you find the design podcast interesting and informative, please subscribe on Apple Podcast or on your favorite podcast service. You can also follow the Design Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our video version of the podcast on YouTube. Please join us for the next episode of the Design Podcast and let's continue to create success in design education.